Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Ethan Skolnick here on the Five Reasons Sports Podcast, as always, with Chris Whittingham. But today, instead of being separate, we're up in Jupiter at Marlins Spring Training, and we're sitting here, and I want to make sure I get this right because pronunciation is always important. It's Monte Harrison. Correct. Look at that. Yeah. And I'm terrible with that stuff. So <laughs> good to have Monte Harrison out Monte Harrison out here. Um, just got, got in some swings uh, over in the cages. I uh, want to start with you here because this is one of the exciting prospects for the Marlins uh, coming up this season. Of course, he was acquired uh, about a year ago, I guess it would be, um, in what is sort of known as the Christian Yelich trade. You also yeah. come along with Lewis Brinson and two others. But let's just sort of go back to the beginning with you a little bit. When, when did they first put a bat in your hand? How old were you, and, and why did you take to this sport the way that you did? Uh, I was about probably like four years old, four or five years old. My mom kind of just did it just to keep me out of trouble. I didn't really know what it was, but um, just kept playing, and then it grew love into it, and then I decided to make the decision to come play baseball. And when, because eventually you were going to play football too, we're going to get into that a little bit with you. That obviously started out a little bit later, I would think. When did mom let you go out and start to play football? Uh, football was later. I, I can't honestly remember what age I was when I started playing football. It was like probably like third grade or something like that. But, uh, yeah, just started playing it. I was always a physical dude, so I wanted to hit people. So uh, I started to play that. I, I loved it, so, right, like right away. And then, why would uh, you want to hit people? I don't know. <laughs> I can't answer that. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's just some frustration, I guess. And you grew up in Missouri, for people who don't know. Um, so as you're starting to play baseball, were there particular role models that you kind of looked up to at that stage? Obviously, you know, St. Louis tends to be a, a place where baseball is, is king in a yeah. lot of different ways. But... Um, no, 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 I didn't really look up to anybody. I mean, I watched certain players, but, like, baseball wasn't really a thing when I was young where um, it was the first thing I looked at. And then once I started understanding actually playing it like traveling more like different places I'm like oh there's more than just baseball in in Missouri (laughs) you know what I mean so um I really started to open my eyes I started watching Adam Jones Andrew McCutcheon um those type of guys who got big caliber guys and and seeing myself in the game I was like dang man I could really be on that stage you know what I mean but uh it really started to grow on me and I started to take a little hone into it and loving it you mentioned uh McCutcheon that's a question I want to ask you because whenever we've had uh, sort of African-American baseball players on the podcast, one of the things we talk about is that over time there have been fewer and fewer sort of role models to look up to in that space because the, the game is kind of – a lot of those kids have graduated, sort of gravitated towards basketball or yeah. to football. Um, but so for, for someone in your generation who's closer to Chris's generation, more of sort of that millennial yeah. generation – 
What was it tough to kind of find those examples? Because you mentioned Kutch is one that comes up a lot for a lot of people, but it's not like when you go back twenty years and you know you had Dave Winfield. Yeah. And you had, I mean, you had you know every every team had you know six or seven prominent African American players yeah. on it. Um, honestly, yeah, it was kind of difficult just because there wasn't very many. I mean, Andrew McCutcheon, Adam Jones, Andrew Jones. Um, who else can I think of right now? That's that's. I feel like that's the problem. You can't really name very many people that are stars that are out there like that, that are African-Americans. But um, I'm definitely trying to change that culture. I'm definitely trying to get uh, African-Americans back into the game of baseball. Because um, it's, not, it's not a game. I mean, I understand that it's, that it, that it's it has its perks where it's, you know, a little different, slow. People say they don't get you the girls or anything. But, man, well, I don't know. It's just something about this game personally. That when I play, it's just a lot different. You know what I mean? And it, it makes things – it's just a blessing to be able to play this. And I knew as soon as I stepped foot on this field, I knew what I wanted to do. The first day I stepped into pro ball and, and uh, things happened in my life. But, man, I can't take anything back from choosing this game. So, uh, all right, so I, w- I want to talk about that choice because uh, we mentioned that, you know, other athletes go in other directions. So mm-hmm. what was that thought process for you? What were your prospects in other sports? And in the end, how did you uh, settle on baseball? Um, my thought process through the whole thing was a little bit more different than everybody else's that, that plays the game of baseball. Um, I actually had to choose from three sports, technically, but I knew basketball. What was, what was the third? Basketball, basketball yeah. yeah. I knew basketball wasn't going to be one of those where uh, – it wasn't really going to be, I would say, an option, but it was an option. But I told them young when I was, like, a junior or something, I didn't want to play basketball. But then uh, it came down to it, and I really had to ask myself, what can I see myself doing for the next whatever years? What, what's really going to make me happy? And coming down to that, asking my parents and playing the game at the time, I, I sat down, I was just like, man, like, let's see the pros. And this is by myself, so the mm-hmm. pros and cons. I don't like going to football practice. I don't. I don't like being in that type of like environment, heat where like you got to deal with a whole bunch of egos and maniacs and stuff like that. But every time I stepped foot a uh, foot on the baseball field, it was just like man, I was so happy and, and I always wanted to have a bat in my hand. I always wanted to go to practice. Uh, there was never a time where I was like man, I don't feel like going today. You know what I mean? So I really took that into consideration. I was like, all right, I, I know what I want to do. Of course, like you know, you have to have your money situation stuff like that it has to differ take you away from my my situation of going to Nebraska but um they the Brewers did a great job of being able to do that and ultimately made I made the right decision I know I did yeah I, I feel like I feel like we make that decision right we, right now it's being talked about with Kyler Murray yeah. uh you know deciding playing football that we we make it about something bigger right yeah. that you know football offers this and baseball offers that and sometimes it just comes down to a personal choice it seems from your vantage point you just liked it better yeah, yeah definitely 100 percent I mean I mean there's his situation is so much different just because he was on two really big stages, you know what I mean, Take, being taken so high in, in baseball and then potentially being taken high in football, you know, um, being a Heisman Trophy runner, who, who a kid I know, especially being in the A's organization, I, w- I wouldn't want to go from Heisman Trophy winner to going to Beloit, Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, I don't know where his head's at. I don't know him personally, but uh, only the only advice I can give him, just choose whatever is going to make you happy. If football's going to make you happy, go play football. You mentioned Nebraska, uh, which is not a small stage, yeah. obviously. I mean, you would have been potentially a, a big star there yeah. in a place where they fill that place with 90,000 uh, people. Were there any Saturdays that you watch on the TV and you're thinking, man, maybe maybe I should have done that? Maybe I uh, that. Probably. I thought about it the first couple of games where they, where they popped on TV, and I was just like, dang, what if I would have went to Nebraska? But then 
I would show up at practice at three o'clock and I'm like, yeah, I made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go to football. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely some times where um, it, it was it was it was kind of hard, especially going into 15, where I had a lot of things happen in the 15 year, and I was just like, dang man, like this is crazy. Like I could have easily been playing football right now in front of 90, 100,000 people and not having to worry about everything, anything. But uh, everything happens for a reason. I knew I came into this and it's going to be a journey. I'm still growing. I'm still growing as a man. And then I like those challenges. Challenges are key in my life. I've always had those, and it just makes you grow every single day. Tell me about two. Tell me about two challenges that you've had to overcome and how you've done it. Um, two challenges, probably one of them was when um, my grandma died. She died actually in, in May in 2015, my first full season. And then uh, just over the years, the struggles and the injuries, I've never been a guy that, that was uh, very, they would say, injury-prone, you know, stuff like that. So when I got hurt those two times, I was like, man, like, what is going on? I've never, I never had these problems. So having that level where I had to get back to knowing myself and who I was in, from high school, um, really telling myself, like, man, these are just freak injuries. Like, it, it doesn't, it just happens, you know, you can't control it. What were the injuries, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I broke my ankle. Um, and look at it popping right now. Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, I broke it in, what was it, July of 2015. And then uh, my handmate in 2016. And mm-hmm. just bouncing back from those, uh, it was it was very difficult because mm-hmm. people were just like, oh, you know, you get hurt once or twice. And like, oh, he's injured, he's injured. But uh, I came back that offseason. I was just like, man, there's, there's not going to be anybody that's going to be able to tell me I'm going to work the hardest. I'm going to outwork everybody. I'm going to play the best on the field. And I came back that 17th season, and I had a really good year. And uh, you can grow from that, you know what I mean? So I went into the next offseason and did the exact same thing. And got fortunate. I got to play 136, 37 games. And I uh, only missed one game because our, our manager was like, you're not playing today. And in my mind, I take a lot of credit of being on the field every single day. I want to play 140, 162 games. You know what I mean? I want to be able to be accountable. But like, well, he was on the field the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned what, what was that city in, in Wisconsin that the Oakland A's organization plays in? Beloit, Wisconsin. Beloit, Wisconsin. So, uh, what, are, what are some of those minor league experiences? Because one of the things that you mentioned it, you know, as it relates to Kyler Murray, that yeah. it's that it's that minor league life that is you know, when you're going from playing at the top stage, maybe in the first pick in the draft, and 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 going to play, you know, for an NFL team as opposed to in the minor leagues, you've got to earn you got to earn your stripes. So, what were those earning of stripes periods like for you? Um. Helena, Montana. Um, <laughs> that's not a place where you want to play either. I mean, not as bad as Beloit. Actually, it was as bad as just as Beloit, Wisconsin. But um, I didn't get to spend much time there just because that's where I broke my ankle. But um, yeah. I've, I've never told anybody this, but I was actually happy when I kind of broke my ankle to get out of Helena, Montana. <laughs> so I was like, yo, I'm out. Peace. <laughs> but, um, no, I, other than that, there wasn't any no other cities that were really bad. I mean, we vis- visited some cities yeah. that was like, whoa, Beloit. Mm-hmm. Um, so was the Applebee's in those places. The Applebee's is the nicest place. The nicest like- place, period. <laughs> like, that's that's the best you're going to get. <laughs> Cracker Barrel's second. Like, that's the best you're yeah. going to get. If you want to go to a nice restaurant, you go to mm-hmm. Applebee's. Uh, I mean, so what do you, what do you order at Applebee's? Man, I don't even know. That's the thing. I was just like, bro, I'm just going to my room. I'm not even gonna eat. <laughs> but I usually just eat stuff at the field, whatever they have at the field. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of uh, you know the bus rides and all that, and oh. I mean, I imagine there there are stories for days. Like, what's Boy. like your go to? I was in the minor league story. Uh, no, in in Montana, in the in the uh, Helena, yeah. in Helena, that we took bus rides that was like 13, 14 hours. So you just like. What do I literally do all day? Like, you literally wake up at, like, yeah. 4 in the morning, get on a bus at 5, 
and you're there till you get there at like six. So you just like, what do I do on the bus all day? So not a Netflix, a lot of movies, a lot of talking trash, you know, playing cards, stuff like that. But uh, good thing about it, we had a very good group of guys who were very. Um, we got to know each other so well, and over the years we got to play with each other. And you know, I still miss those guys over there. But um, it was it, it made it a lot easier when you got people around you who who care about you and, and are doing the same thing and going through with you. So it, it made things a lot easier. You have been described as a five tool player. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell me the one tool that you have a that you think is most significant in terms of where you're going to ultimately be as a pro, and what is the one of the five that you think you need to develop the most that's the thing i don't i don't i don't try to limit myself at all i don't try to get myself the best tool or the worst tool all my all my tools can be equivalent it doesn't matter what it is um every time i step on the field i'm trying to put all those into display so um i don't i I really don't like those type of questions when people ask me that i mean i no offense to you you know what i mean but um every single one of those tools and even the sixth tool they talk about my intelligence being able to be able to talk about the game and the IQ of the game and stuff like that and put that on display when I step on the field. Well, that six one's important because I want to talk about that because because yeah. uh, I think one of the things that this franchise is needs right now ultimately is, is going to be leadership on yeah. the field because you have so many young guys coming up at the same time and everybody's mm-hmm. kind of trying to feel their way a little bit. So how do you balance that? Because I'm clearly just talking to you, you're a confident person, you have a sort of a gregarious personality, like you're not a wallflower, it's obvious, like five minutes with you, right? So so how, how do you how, how do you balance that at the same time as you're still trying to get to the big league level and be, you know, what you want to be, which is a 150-plus game player uh-huh. at this level and a productive player? How do you balance that with the other guys you're coming up with at this time? Um, Just you got to know your limits. You got to know who you're dealing with. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know, you got to know your personnel, the type of people that they are. How do they react to things? How do they, how do you get good responses from them? How do they break down? You know what I mean? So it's just kind of sitting back and watching, watching how other people approach them. I, I, I tend to feed off. Um, you can learn about other people's mistakes. You know, don't you make one mistake, don't make two mistakes. Um, I was always taught that my whole life. You know what I mean? So um, even those dudes that we have in the clubhouse, like Martin, Miggy, um, those dudes who've been in the big leagues for Granderson. a while, Granderson, Neil, dudes that just talk, listen to what they're saying and really hone in to, all right, if they're going to approach somebody, how are they going to approach it? All right, he just approached somebody about this. All right, as a young dude, I can do the exact same thing. Just because I'm young doesn't mean that I potentially can't be in the same situation that they're in, you know, making those strides, being that leader. And I see it as our, our CEO. He, he got handed it to him, the captain, when he was at a young age. So why not? It, it doesn't have to be an age thing. It's kind of just like one of those things where if people are going to respect you, they're going to have to, you're going to have to be firm with them. You're going to have to do the right thing. You have to do it in the right way. 
get back to our episode. I want to introduce you to another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is Berlitz Brower. This is the best place to learn a language in South Florida. I can speak to it personally. My daughter already fluent in English and Spanish. We decided to introduce her to Mandarin. She's not even five years old, and she's already out speaking Mandarin, knows all of the numbers up to 100, and she loves it. She loves to go back because the way that they work with her, the way that they teach her, and they also work with me as a parent with her schedule to make sure that it fits in with everything else she's doing. You can also learn languages as an adult. They teach many different languages there. Again, English, Spanish, Mandarin, Italian, German, right across the board. They teach virtually every language that you can possibly name. Here's the number that you call, 954-743-0077. That's 954-743-0077. Mention that Five Reasons sent you. They'll take care of you. Never too early to learn a new language. How hard is it to be patient? Because this game, more than any other, requires patience. It requires patience during a season. It yeah. requires patience as you're moving up the ladder, as you're dealing with pitchers adjusting to you and you adjusting back and all that. Yeah. I mean, I assume you want it to be now. Like, if I was asking right now, you're out there. Yeah. You want to be, you know, in the outfield at Marlins Park now. Sure. How, do you, how do you kind of, how do you balance that? Uh, you balance about just praying, man. I mean, honestly, my time is going to come when my time comes. And when that time comes, I'm going to be in a position where I'm ready to play. You know what I mean? So um, patience is, is a thing where it's very hard for people. Very, very hard. It was hard for me when I first got in the pro ball because you're like, man, like I, I'm going to get to the big leagues in less than two years, blah, blah, blah. You hear a lot of people say that. And, you're, and I was one of those people who said that. And then I, I went through some struggles. I had my things, and, and, it, and it helps you grow. You have to go through certain things in order for you to grow, not just on the field. And um, I actually had a kid come to me the other day. It was like, I'm going to be in the big loose by this. I was like, man, you just got drafted. Like, be patient. Like, do your do your time. Like, mm-hmm. let it come to you. Don't try to force it. You know, you, there's some learning curves you got to go through. And honestly, I, I tell him that, and even me, still, I still have things I have to learn. Even when I make it to the big leagues, there's always a time where you have to learn. Right. If you're not learning this game, then you're going to be out of the game very fast. So I'll take pride in that, be able to step on this field and not take anything for granted. I wanted to ask, uh, you mentioned the, the IQ and the intelligence aspect of it. Yeah. So when, when, you say, when you say that's a part of your game, describe the ways in which you either watch a baseball game or, or study tape or, or whatever the case may be. That's different to how I would watch a baseball game. What, what, what are you seeing? I have to ask you, what type of, what type of how would you watch the game? I'm just watching to see what's going to happen, frankly. Like, you know, and and I'm, not, I'm not really you know, working out a pitcher's game plan going yeah. it's just oh he threw a fastball and then it, you know one two we try to curveball like I, i'm not exactly. I, i'm it, so so how are you watching a game that's different that's different yeah the way you guys look at it, you guys just see the game always oh, on ball strikes hits mm-hmm. no hits out yeah. strikeouts um the way i see it i try to pick somebody on the field that's somewhat similar to me mm-hmm. and i try to watch them the whole game how do they go about their business how are they being pitched how are they doing in this searching situation uh, run on first base. What are they trying to do? And and moving them, you know, doing what they're supposed to do with the ball. How are in the outfield doing the reads and throwing the bases, backing up bases, little stuff like that, you know, that a lot of people can't do. You know what I mean? I mean, it's very hard for me to go to a baseball game and sit at a baseball game. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, but it's very easy for me to see on TV ABs and stuff like that. But when I'm at a game, usually for the first like five minutes, I try to hone in on that and try to really focus. So, so when you say people that are players that are similar to you, mm-hmm. who do you look at in the major leagues? And is it by position or do you look at specific players and go, I think that player is a bit like I am? Uh, kind of position, but also at the same time, body types. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually tend to look at the power, power guys. Mm-hmm. I know, I know Mookie's not a guy that 
it doesn't look like me, but speed, power, a guy who can do that. So I look at him. How's he getting pitched? He's one of the best hitters in the game. You know what I mean? So Mike Trout, how do they go about their business? How do they, how do they how can this all these things, all these guys? I take little things from each person and it translates to me. And um, just a little bit over time, I've gotten better and better at it. You know what's interesting? I, and again, um, maybe this comparison doesn't fit, but when I've sort of read stuff about you and kind of your skill set, it reminds me a little bit of a guy who played for the Marlins for a little while, who we know we've had him on the podcast. When Cliff Floyd came up, yeah. he had. Have you heard that before? Because it, it, he was always described as a five tool guy. Yeah had injuries early in his career where and he ended up becoming a very productive player but it derailed him yeah. for a little bit of time but it just that's just sort of a comparison that sort of jumped jumped out at me and he had some pretty good years here um mm-hmm. want to ask you a couple other things that you know i mentioned at the very start and i this is always going to happen because whenever players traded for somebody else it comes up yeah and so last year you guys come down here, you and Lewis, and I know Lewis has struggled through some things. I want to ask you about that because yeah. maybe what you can take from that. But, you know, the guy on the other side ends up breaking out, winning the MVP. Yeah. Do you look at that as, uh, in some ways, a, a a positive, a marker on sort of where you want to get to? Does it not affect you at all? How, how do you sort of perceive being, I mean, are you honored to be in a trade yeah. for a guy who won the MVP? How do you view yeah. that? I mean, you can't say that it's not an honor because at the end of the day, he, it, that value – like, he had his value when he got traded, but then he did that. So it kind of bumped it up a little bit more. So it kind of hikes us up. But it also brings the pressure up to us performing and making it and getting a lot out of it. But at the end of the day, I, I don't know Christian personally, and none against him. I'm not very worried about him. He's with the Brewers, and I'm with the Marlins. So uh, if I ever meet him, I'm going to be like, yo, I was that dude you got traded for. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, I can only focus about, on myself and how I'm going about my work and the dudes in this clubhouse. How can we get better, and how can we help this team down the road? get to championships and win championships and what do you take as i mentioned uh lewis who obviously came in with a lot of expectations last year and he got the opportunity right away yeah. and obviously didn't go the way that he wanted you know uh, you know don was talking today about how you know this year's a little different for him that is you know may not be quite the rope that there was last year yeah have you talked to him at all kind of about what he sort of went through as he got to that level because that's a level you're going to be breaking through too yeah. yeah i did talk to him he gave me he gave me some good insight and just to know that he did have that patience. They gave him that patience at 18, and he was just like, man, one of those things where if you just try to slow the game down as much as possible, you can't let outside of things affect you. You get, And then it starts affecting on-the-field stuff. So he had a lot of things going on, and he got hurt. He came back, and he started doing a lot better. You know what I mean? So it was a kind of one of those he felt free, and he was like, man, get to the big leagues. He was like, you're in a short time period where baseball is limited don't take this game for granted i was just like man like that's exactly like what i'm trying to say like how i feel about this game you know what i mean i want to step onto the field and get the most out of it you know what i mean but looking at him and his struggles how can i take that no offense to him like how can i take that and not have it happen to me you know how can i get to the big leagues and boom bust onto the scene we got same body type same tools so how can i learn from him a, a guy who gets a lot of sliders and stuff like that how can i put my position to learn from that and, and, and not fall into that trap of uh, being that guy. Hello, friends. This is Josh Appel from Smart Your Territory. And I'm Mr. Bill Eleven. And we are officially on the road to WrestleMania. It is point at the WrestleMania sign season, Bill. If, if you need to get to WrestleMania, we can be your Uber drivers on the road to WrestleMania. I mean, what? You ruined it. You, you ruined it. I, I like it. I think we could make some money doing that. WrestleMania season is here. Stick with us here on Smart Your Territory, the Five Reasons Sports Network's pro wrestling podcast. And one of the things we were talking about uh, in, in the clubhouse just now is with Neil Walker about mm-hmm. 
how because I, I asked him you know was there a thing you're around a lot of young players or a thing someone you, you wish someone had told you he said that it was more just about having fun and enjoying yeah. all this and that's yeah. something that I imagine on Lewis last year when you're yeah. going through that struggles you probably don't feel like you're having fun very much yeah that's literally what he said he felt like he was just his back was against the wall like and then I'll, he came down a double A he rehabbed and he was just I was like bro Brinson like when you go back like just like just do you like be loose, be free, go about your work like you normally do. But, like, bro, it's baseball. Just go have fun. Like, don't try to, like, listen to other people. Like, just do you. And he was like, I know, man. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to do that. And he came back. He did it. And he comes back to the spring training, has the same attitude, the same effort, and hopefully goes into the season and does his thing. This, uh, we've, I've been, like I said, I've been covering teams in this market for a long time. This is one of the periods of time where there isn't really a team that kind of stands out. You know, the yeah. Heat are not where they were. The Dolphins have struggled. Yeah. Um, you know, the Canes kind of had not such a great season. Uh, this team, this town needs a star. Like, because Dwayne Wade's <laughs> done in three, yeah. <laughs> in two months. Yeah. Um, it needs a star. I'm I mean, just maybe getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. But, but do you think you can be that? I just don't want to be a star. I mean, this is not about me. This is a... Uh, this is an organization thing. It's not just the people that are on the field, on the, the 25 people that are on the, the active roster, you know what I mean? This is going to come down to dudes in the minor leagues and and everybody who's from the GCL up or DSL up. This is not just a me thing, you know what I mean? If we all can shine and we all can show as an organization that we can be big and that we're potentially going, we're going to be great, especially when you talk to the people in the front office that – um, the things that they're putting out there, the, the type of investments they're putting in this organization, it gives you a lot of confidence to know that we're going to win in the future. And, and I don't want to put all that on me because that's, it's not about me. Final one here. Um, one conversation with Derek Jeter so far that has stuck with you. Honestly, I, I don't really have – everything he says to me, I really try to hone in on it. Um, he just honestly just tells me this guy, go out and have fun and work your ass off. You know, you, you got a short window in this game. He was lucky where he got to play 20 years in the big leagues. And I think about all the time, like, can I still, can I be somewhat close to that number? And I just try to go about my work every single day and have pride in it. And, I, and then whatever happens, happens where I start in the big leagues beginning of this year or whenever, um, when I hit this, when I hit it, it, it it's going to, the culture's going to change. I'm, I'm going to play my asshole. You, uh, you were born in 96, is that right? 95. Yeah. So you were, you were basically born when he broke in. Yeah. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Like, so, I mean, that's, you know, growing up, you've seen him. Right. And a guy who, who's done so much in baseball, who's been a good guy off the field. I mean, to have him as a CEO is crazy just to know I can go to him and be like, hey, yo, Derek, like, what's up? Like, and, and that's not very normal for people, and I'm very blessed that I get to do that. And you are uh, – um, I mean, what what is? Give give me two years from now. What what is? We're having a similar conversation here in Jupiter. Where, mm-hmm. where is Monte Harrison? Monte Harrison's in the big league, helping the big league team win, helping those guys in the locker room be the best they can be, pushing them, keeping them accountable, and and winning championships down the road. Appreciate it. Check out the rest of our Marlins coverage all during spring training. Obviously, we'll have a bunch of people, uh, whether it's Cinco Rizones or us or Swings and Misses with Craig Mish. We'll be covering this team all season long. Talk soon. for listening to the Fire in the Pocket. Thank you so much. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.